Thanks for joining us on another edition of Creating Dementia Solutions. I'm Richard Pyatt. This is a Miles for Memories program and podcast. We invite you to like the Miles for Memories Facebook page so that you're alerted when these episodes and other important information as it relates to Miles for Memories comes available. Today we're talking about preparing and you might say coping with the holidays. Miles for Memories. Connie Skidmore is back with us, volunteer and a wealth of knowledge. Maybe. We we tap into that (laughs) from time to time. Connie, thank you for this. When we say coping with the holidays, I think from this perspective, we're talking about what's becoming a new normal for folks who have a loved one with dementia. Exactly. Exactly. The holidays are certainly going to be different, but in truth, when you're coping with someone with dementia every day is a little bit different. So Mm -hmm. what happens with the holidays is that it generally involves more people, more family, bigger gatherings, that kind of thing. And sometimes that takes a little bit of coping. And probably planning too, right? The idea that uh, maybe it's not typical for a large group to be around, and that could take some planning. Yes, exactly. And of course, every stage of dementia and forgetfulness that they're going through is a little bit different. So each time you do any of these things, it might be a little bit different. It's good if you can keep as many of your family traditions working for you. Maybe it's grandma that's with you that's, that's having trouble, and maybe she's used to helping in the kitchen. Hopefully, you can still find some things that she can do that it could be like normal. But if you find that your loved one is getting to a point where they're maybe turned off by crowds and noise and that kind of thing, that's mm-hmm. another another little thing that you're going to have to, to look at. You'll have to uh, maybe think about scaling down the number of people who come, scaling down the number of things that you do uh, as a family. If you're like my family used to be, we had raucous card games in the basement and that kind of thing. You'd, <laughs> sometimes those things just won't won't work. So you have to find a way and you have to find a different way probably each time because it will be different each well, time. And that's a, a great point that uh, many of us have to evaluate the situation we're in and uh, our loved one is in to really answer this for ourselves. Exactly. And that, as you say, may change over time. So sometimes it's certainly possible to have a similar kind of gathering at home, right? Right, it is. You might need to change a few things, maybe a few less people, maybe a little less time involved in the getting of all of it together, but it's it's ideal if you can keep as much of it as possible the way that it used to be. And it, it'll be different each time because your loved one will remember things differently each time. For those of us who are guest attendees, Mm-hmm. of this kind of a gathering. Do you have advice for someone who might be concerned? Look, I'm going to go to this gathering, but I'm worried about grandma, whoever it may be, and yeah. and what that might be like for them and how I might be able to help. If someone is going to be attending this situation that hasn't seen your loved one in a while, it's good if you can just take a little time to explain maybe some of the changes that have happened and are happening kind of thing. Remind them that if the loved one doesn't recognize them right off the bat, don't be offended. Mm-hmm. It's not them. It's the prog- progression of the disease. If there are huge changes and, and the loved one gets more than anxious about the number of people there, then 
you just have to kind of kind of rethink things. But it's good to just kind of keep. I don't. I don't want to say newcomers. Uh, people who are not used to seeing the person, just give them a hint mm-hmm. about what's happening and remind them to talk to them just like they normally would. Sure. And, engage them if they can into conversations and things and just not be offended by whatever kind of a result they're getting from that. Sure. It's bound and to be different. Some of the time, too, I would imagine that someone who's not been around that loved one for a while, mm-hmm. then they are, and you've prepared them for perhaps they're not recognizing them right away, that sort of thing. Do you also prepare them in the sense that you say, well, they may repeat themselves or they may ask you something again. Do you do a little, is it a good idea to do a little bit of prep work along those lines with those folks too and say, they may ask you something you've already talked about and how do you handle that? Yeah, that's one of the, one of the first things I think that people notice about the dementia is the repeating of the questions and things. So I didn't think about that, but yes, if it's someone that hasn't been there for a while, definitely, I think they'll catch on to that. Mm-hmm. fairly easily anyway. But, sure. But uh, a lot yeah. of that is training for us, isn't it? Because exactly. we don't want to say, well, we already talked about that. Right. We're answering it again. Yeah. One of the other things, too, now that you're saying that reminds me with a dementia patient, you don't want to say things like, well, you remember me or uh, you remember when we did because no, they don't. Now, my grandmother always said, oh, yeah, I remember that, even though she didn't. Uh-huh. But which you, is, you never know, but it's, yeah, it is yeah. good to just mention those things and, and let them know. And you might, if you think that the, the crowd thing is going to be a problem, maybe you can stagger visitors, change some of the things and say, you come for cocktails and you come for dessert and coffee or, mm-hmm. you know, something along that line. Good idea. Uh, or you come this week and you come next week, maybe even to spread the thing out and, and uh, your loved one will get company more often, too. Sounds like an opportunity to think up new traditions and uh, new ways to engage. Now, what if the loved one is not living at home anymore? Some folks are still able to come back, I yes, presume, right? Yes, absolutely. If, you're, if your loved one is in a, in a facility but can be taken out occasionally for things, bring them home. Remember that they might get tired more easily and be prepared to have to take them back perhaps sooner than you, than you thought. But yes, and any time, not just holiday time, but any time like that, if they're able to, to get out and about, it's a, a good thing. It's a nice thing to do that. And another thing too, that many of the facilities offer the opportunity for you to join your loved one at the facility for the holiday meal. Mm-hmm. And that's a nice thing. It gives them the, the place that they're used to being now, the, the permanent residence, I guess you might just as well call it. Sure. Uh, but but you still have the opportunity of sharing that with them. If you can't be there on that specific day, even you might visit another day and take something that might remind them of the traditions, their favorite dessert or something like that. And another thing, too, if you're just looking at it, if you see them a lot, if you have the opportunity to be there often, you can decorate their room or their doorway or something like that for each holiday coming up or just mm-hmm. just little things like that that kind of keep some of the traditions going. Sure. When you typically when you visit a facility and there's a, a holiday meal, that's a, a collaborative right. event, I presume. Yes, it is yeah. with the, with everybody there. But you can see your family and, and your loved one together. They'll spread things out a little bit mm-hmm. and, and give you that opportunity. And it's, it's a, it's a nice arrangement 
and especially if you're, if you've been visiting with your loved one, often you've met so many of the other people that are there too. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's kind of a extended family situation there. Sure. So uh, that's a situation that I presume that caregivers, professionals will help a person decide when that is the best time. That is to say, okay, they may not be now in a position to come mm-hmm. back home for this. So they're helping you think this through, I presume. Yes, I think you probably, if if you're in the situation where you visit your loved one frequently, you pick them up and take them for ice cream or pick them up and bring them home for an afternoon, that kind of thing, you will know when that time has come that you really can't do that okay. anymore. But if the if the facility feels something and you haven't mentioned it, they... They certainly will will bring that up and help you out with it, mm-hmm. but I, I generally speaking, you're going to know that this is this was good while it lasted, but we can't do that anymore. It's just yeah. it's too difficult. Is there an, some kind of interim step there? Where perhaps they've they've come home, but maybe taking them to a, a bedroom or something for a little while to give them a break is that helpful, or or is that not necessary? Generally speaking, this is one of those. Try it and see if it works. Got it. Mm-hmm. Situations, you just don't know what's going to work until you give it a shot, I guess, is, is the best way to put it. Um, and be prepared for, yeah, this was a good idea. Let's do it again. Mm-hmm. Or be prepared for, whoa, we're not going to try that one anymore. Okay. With my situation, I used to bring my husband home a lot. And as I say, eventually you get to the point where you know that that can't be done anymore. Mm-hmm when they're difficult to get them in and out of the car, that kind of thing. It's a, suddenly he can't remember how to get out of the car okay. or back into it kind of thing. And you just know that's, that's not going to work anymore. Okay. So it is a, obviously a progressive situation, but each year it could be different, but maybe I'm not uh, considering the notion that our own instincts are good right. to pay attention to. Yeah. Well, that's true. There is no right or wrong, obviously. It's whatever the law will allow, as they say. Uh, it's, you, just, you just have to try, and you have to be patient, and you have to be patient with them because they probably won't be patient. It's just give it a shot. Yeah. Well, this is uh, certainly a situation that Miles from Memories talks about frequently, the idea that caregivers are in need of advice like this and it's something we'll talk about next which is respite but generally speaking this is something that folks have to prepare for isn't it you have there's a big holiday coming there's going to be a gathering you have to get yourself in the right frame of mind would you, wanna, you say you want to talk with the people at the facility if they're in the facility and and see how on days that you're not there or how things are going with them Certainly, they'll be able to guide you in something like this. But again, you never know what how your loved one acts when you're not there. Right. But they do. But they do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's just it, there's just so much guessing involved and it's just so unfair Yeah. <laughs> that everybody is going through that. But yeah. And if you do go often, like I say, you, you'll get a better grip on, on what it is, I think. But as you had mentioned, it's good for you to tell the other people who, you know, Absolutely go and visit. They love to have company. Mm-hmm. Don't be surprised yes. if they don't remember you. Don't be upset if they don't remember you because yeah. it's not them. I think that a lot of times they go through a stage where they know they know you, but they don't know how mm-hmm. they know you or why they know you. But right. but there's still a, a certain something there. 
And I haven't met very many dementia patients who weren't happy to see people, even if they didn't particularly know them. Okay. That's great to know. Yes. Connie, thank you very much. You know, so much of what we talk about on creating dementia solutions and what Miles for Memories does relies on the experience of others. And here is one of those occasions. Connie Skidmore, volunteer with Miles for Memories. Creating Dementia Solutions is our program. I'm Richard Pyatt. Thanks for being with us. Mm -hmm.